0: God does nothing in that he first speaks about it to his servants and prophets. We expect to hear from God. We expect to hear from God in a time like this. And things are moving quickly. Listen to what Anthony was just saying. See, there's a, there's doorways being opened. That's just that's that's one of them, key one, but there, there are others we'll talk about in coming days. So God is God is Speaking to us, preparing, to, preparing us to take that role which he has already prescribed. Remember we said that he retains unto himself a remnant who are responsible for their generation. A people who are supposed to show what God is really like. Supposed to be light in the darkness, sought in the earth. A people who actually are geared and ready to intervene both corporately, in the wider sense, and individually. And sometimes it's the individual things, and we'll look at this a bit later on, that lead to the wider things. Sometimes God starts us off in that way, not always. Um, We can't make a pattern out of it, but there is a, a principle like that. So that's why it's important that we grasp what God is saying to us and engage in it. So let's take a little recap Let's put that up on, on the, the screen. So we've looked at adventure. We're de- defining it for the sake of what we feel God is saying in the following ways. Unusual, yeah? Not necessarily part of our... It may take place as part of our normal life. We'll come back to that later. Daring, yeah, risky... An exciting experience, yes. That's, I'm happy with that definition. You go with that definition, yeah? yeah, yeah. Need to get the timing right. Need to know God's moment as well as His mind. Uh, very, very key that we're operating when the cloud moves, we move. That's God's timing, all right. No matter what we feel, what we think, we're submitting to God's timing, very important and the issue of being prepared to take a risk yes. faith is spelled R-I-S-K and it's important that we, we're living on the kind of slightly on the edge or completely on the edge and he signed a contract I hope that was meaningful We actually said yeah I'm up for this yeah, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. How many just got back at midnight last night? Only one. One and a half. Two. Okay, so the rest of you have had many hours' sleep, you've rested, you're raring to go. Yeah? Good. Could have fooled me. Right. <laughs> Signed a contract and then started to sample it. Oh, that's what we like. Don't we like samples, free samples? Mm <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. we need that thing that Anthony again brought to us or brought us back to last week that Holy Spirit discontent as against a natural discontent when the Holy Spirit stirs us for something more and remember at the end of the day and all the day through we are the head and not the toe Jamie shared with that Shared that with us last week, that place of being God's representative, God's people at a given time for a given situation. Today we're going to look at or use the story of Gideon to to help us look at the points that we want to make in terms of how to engage, how to uh, process this issue of um, risk or stepping out so we have to be ready to grasp the green Uh, if we can have a little look at that yes i I do like to kind of be ready to go when the light turns green kind of like to be ready to go when it goes red and amber, you know uh, yeah I'm used to it being able to go quite quickly, so when I'm not in my car and I can't go quite so quickly, sometimes it's a problem to me and to other people yes hmm, let's have a look at the little clip the nudge of the Holy Spirit, that, that moment in God, that, all right, we heard from Judy this morning, she, she kind of, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. But that nudge was strong enough to say, you know what, I've got to go back and do that. That's the faithfulness of God, where, where God just kind of keeps the thing on us. So, you know, i just got, just got to do that. That's how it, I mean, this is walking with God. This is living life with him. It, it, it is an adventure. It is fun. But sometimes there's that moment. We don't seize the moment. The moment's past. Commitment to follow the clout. When God moves, we need to move. Yes? It's all familiar. We doing okay? Yes? We've got a little clip there. Yeah, I like this one. Leading. Lewis Hamilton, though, has only converted four of his last ten poles into race victories. So, as Paul said, he is pointing towards the
1: racing line where he needs to be when the lights go out. Nico Rosberg pointing straight at the moment. Sebastian Vettel with a slight angle in his Ferrari as well. Mercedes locking out the front row for the fourth time in 2016. Lewis Hamilton on pole here in Canada for the fifth time time in his career, only one shy of the record of Michael Schumacher, and now he'll see the lights going on above him, and it's lights out, and away yes. we go, and the two percent, he's getting and look at oh Sebastian no. Febbels. Sebastian Febbels. Chicane trying to find a way through and avoid each other. Verstappen ahead of Ricciardo, Räikkönen ahead of the two Williams, and Fernando Alonso okay. at the start. He is ahead of Nico Rosberg, who's down in. <laughs>
0: God, I like I like F1. Dave's not here, is he? Is Dave some? Oh. I hope Lewis has... This is nothing to do with what I'm teaching. I'm just... It's just, just talking, you know. I hope Lewis has perfected his start. I hope he's been practising, you know, that, because that pole position he seems to get, but boy, to be ready. I know it doesn't turn to green, the lights go off, but you've got to use your imagination. Be ready to go at that moment. I guess the question is, in what we've covered together, what we've talked together... Are you ready to go? When the nudge comes, when the cloud moves, when the Holy Spirit shows you an opportunity, have you said to God, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go? You've said, I want to be part of it. You have talked about, count me in. But are you, on the, are you on the edge, ready to go, geared up for that time? Very key, very important, Uh, recognizing that God has said a number of things, and we'll look at them as we go through. So, story of Gideon, uh, we looked at that recently. Um, Neil spoke to us when he was dealing with the issue of fear, and I'm not going to go into great detail about that today, except for it is relevant to pick up certain points in that. So, let's have a look. If you want to look at it, it's in uh, Judges chapter 6, um, I'm just going to kind of slightly paraphrase some of it and read some of it. Uh, Israelites have done evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, they were seriously, seriously oppressed by the Midianites and uh, they're hiding in mountain cliffs and caves and they plant their crops and the Midianites come and either steal them or trample them down and Under serious um, levels of of abuse, there. Um, And so uh, they cry out to God, and God reminds them about their disobedience. But at the same time, He's prepared to do something. And uh, in verse 7, when the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. And then he goes on to explain, again, the things that he's done. Have you noticed, God is not afraid of being repetitive. I I take that. And I I think that is important because there's something in us that says, Oh, we've said that before, we mustn't, mustn't repeat. But if we follow what God is like, He is very willing to be repetitive. I don't know why, because I don't have that sort of ability to understand. I just recognize that He does. So I think it's important that we're prepared to come back and, and, and say again and repeat again so he tells them what he's done and then we get to this point where he sends the angel of the Lord it's verse 11 the angel of the Lord came sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abba's where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon he said the Lord is with you mighty warrior but sir gideon replied the lord is with us why has all this happened it's all gone wrong it don't work out it doesn't seem as it should be I wonder where that voice came from now the lord has abandoned us Then the lord turns to him and says go in the strength you have and save israel out of midian's hand am i not sending you I think we're pretty much aware of the serious um, contrast between the man, what he says, what he thinks, and what he's doing, and what God is saying. And I think there are many of us that would say, we have had, we could testify to that contrast. That God, in his mercy and in his goodness, said, I have set my love upon you. And I'm drawing you into my family when there was no reason on earth that you could actually say uh, that was justified from a point of view of things that we were doing, attitudes that we had to God or to life or anybody else. That is God intervening and doing something which God just chooses to do. He chose to set his love upon us. We didn't earn it. We didn't gain it by things that we've done. God did that for us. Go in the strength that you have. Save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? That's the kind of green light. That's the kind of starting point. That's the nudge. That's the Holy Spirit at work. So, understanding that, understanding that God has said to us not only that we are able to overcome in him but we're instructed to to be those who shine in the darkness do you know, apart from individual situations there is a, a remarkable opportunity at this time in this nation I mean, things kind of happening the like of which we haven't really seen before I wonder what God's got in store hmm? for a people who's already said I've called you to punch above your weight you know I wonder what he's got and I think our, I don't know I can see certain things emerging but what does he say to us he's looking for a people who will be willing in the day of his power He's looking for that level of of kind of ready to go. That's that's an attitudinal position. That's a position that he looks for a people that that will step out and risk. And this is the issue at this time. So let's have a look. Um, Verse 11 when he speaks first time to Gideon, let's think about what Gideon's doing, right? We're familiar, many of us, with the story. He's actually um, seeking to thresh wheat, or corn or whatever it was, threshing wheat, it says, in a wine press. A wholly impractical task, um... The, the threshing requires a breeze. Um, a wine press is, is, is more like a pit. Um, but what is he doing? He's hiding there because of what we've already said about the way the Midnight's came and take everything or, or ruin everything. He's trying to, to hang on to what he's got. He's preferring the perceived safety of the current status quo He's, if you like, in that limited sphere, he's trying to play it safe. And then he has an option. But we have to realise that the moment he stepped out of that wine press, he was no longer in a good position to guard the thing that he was holding on to. Now, we're not talking about holding on to some wheat, but maybe we're talking about holding on to our reputation, our status, our looking acceptable to other people, um, how kind of not doing something. People say, that's daft. See, there had to be a letting go of what he could hold on to in favor of picking up what was what was being offered before him, I guess that 's risk. I guess that 's the moment of decision of actually moving. of course, um, he gets the prophetic word: "Go in the strength is verse fourteen, go in the strength you have, and save Israel. Uh, am I not sending you that 's fairly powerful um, that 's the kind of words uh, and Maybe a little bit different. But you know, guys, when God said to us, serve the community, in the needs of the community, at the expense of the community, which led us to all these years of community projects and much of what we've done, that was a a fairly, a fairly clear word. God telling us to do something. When God, before that, spoke to us about pouring out the oil, That was a clear word. That's a word that's affected us for 20, 30 years. That's a word that just sent this team into Iraq or us into Dominica or all the different things that we're engaged in. Was it because we wanted a kind of international ministry or a missionary arm or some nonsense like that? No, just God said... God said to a people who didn't have a clue, uh, God said, I wanted you to do it differently. When we formed the relationship and operated in partnership with Richard Cole and pioneered something that caused people to ridicule us, God had just said, this is the way to do it. I'm joining your hearts in in partnership. I'm causing this to happen. When Waggy came to us, as an interpreter for somebody else and we sensed that actually there was something to pursue with him and began to build that relationship it wasn't because one day he was going to lead as part of our network leader team into iraq it was because we were doing what god was giving us to do it was that first step if you like it's the step out of the wine press It's the step to move away from where we were. You don't necessarily know the outcome of where things are going to be in coming times. As we've sought to do the things that God has given us to do. So we come back again. There's all this stuff he gives about his family. And my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. May maybe so but then God, the Lord answered I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together so we have to listen we have to listen either to all the things that common sense or our eyes would tell us <coughs> excuse me or our voices around would tell us or we have to listen to what is God saying what is God saying? And Gideon had to do the same thing. So we have to be ready then to grasp that, to be, to be poised at that moment of time to seize the day, to actually respond according to what he said. How are we going to do this? Secondly, we've got to deal with the fear. If you don't lead... If you don't, it leads to wrong direction because we're listening to the wrong voice. The voice of God is never used to install fear. It may be used to redirect us, it may be used to encourage us, it may be even used to correct us in many, many ways, but it's never to install fear. So if we find that, that the voice we're hearing is actually producing fear, we know that's not something that comes from God. And this, of course, it's the fear of the Lord himself, which we would never want to go against, never be in that place of disobedience. It leads to making wrong decisions. <clears throat> you see, <clears throat> uh, in verse 15, as we were just looking at, the weakest, this is the voice of fear. It's, there's introspection, there's self-doubt, there's fear. All those things come in, but it they, they wasn't what God was saying. God was saying just the opposite. In Lamentations, I think we looked at this before, um, we see the, the awful uh, destiny um, of Jerusalem because they, they would not listen um, t- to the voice of the Lord. They were convinced or rather focused on what they could see. You know, if we're not convinced of our purpose, what is our purpose? To represent God, to show what he's like. Yes? We're all agreed on that? If we're not convinced of our purpose, we're not convinced that God himself will enable us to do that. hmm, that, Where does that lead us? That leads us to entertaining the enemy's lies. It can't be, it couldn't be. But if we're convinced of our purpose, that we are called of God, loved of God, appointed of God, to show what he's like, in this day, in this generation, it helps us to turn away from the entertaining, the lies of the devil, and the obstacles and the discouragement. You know, I I remember hearing in the olden days when they were, uh, ploughing the field you know you've got uh, before all the modern stuff uh, and you've got the horse or whatever in front of you and you're, you're ploughing the furrow in the field it could never be done doing what I'm doing at the moment you could never get a straight furrow like that what I'm told and it was before my time even though some of you don't believe it but that you, the, the ploughman looked at a fixed point, maybe a tree or a particular point in a hedge, and he had to keep focused on that, otherwise he could never plough the straight furrow. And I think there's something in that, that that we have to keep fixed on what has God said, what is it he's saying, what is it he's giving us to do so that we can make sure that we're going in the right direction and not going wibbly-wobbly all over the place. Probably for the spies, remember when we looked at Caleb in the beginning, that focus on, on the grapes rather than the giants was important. It wasn't saying the giants are not there, but what they were bringing back was something that was good and positive rather than the stories filled with fear and impossibility. Remember how the children of Israel said, you know, we look like grasshoppers in the sight of the enemy. The strangest thing was, the enemy hadn't said that, they had concluded what the enemy must be thinking. You know, I I don't know that I want to dwell into the mind of what the enemy's thinking, I'd rather hear what God is saying because that is truth and that is purposeful. Remember when uh, at the feeding of the 5,000, um, Jesus was just kind of checking out the disciples. So we need to feed these people. And they began to say, we're too far away. We haven't got the money. There's not enough food. All the things that couldn't be rather than the fact that, wait a minute, he just said we need to do it. If he says we need to do it, there's going to be a way to do it. See, there was an adjustment that was necessary, consistent with picking up his word. On the other hand, as we walk in the positive purpose of God, follow me and I, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you a people that I use in order to make a difference in this world, to actually bring people into the knowledge of myself. I mean, that's an awesome promise, isn't it? Ask somebody what they think about that. Maybe somebody next to you, or get up and ask somebody else if you don't want to talk to the person next to you. Follow me. By the way, if they're asleep, wake them up gently, all right? Follow me, and I will make you fishes and men. I will make you a people of my purpose. Find out what they think about it. All right, did anybody hear the answer? Oh, not me, love. No, I couldn't do that. Eh? Hmm. see, guys... It's not what we can do. It's about what he has done and his calling, you know? And God is good. God is faithful. God is merciful. I guess Jonah, who was filled with fear in the mercy of God, still ended up going where God wanted him to be. But, you know, I'm not sure that I would really want to choose that route. You know? via the belly of a whale oh, no I don't fancy that You know. do you? Kind of, it kind of feels better that we maybe just go for it the first time rather than that sort of mm, uh, we, can, we can rest in the goodness and mercy of God but I don't know about going that way Remember, the enemy loves to talk about the things that didn't work and didn't happen and to fill us with fear and deal with, and we have to deal with it by choosing to believe what God is saying. Uh, You know, where's all the miracles? Where's all this? Why have we been abandoned? It's around that verse 13 that we, we looked at. But he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So... We have to be ready to go this is dealing how to how to deal with the the risk how to deal with the fear how to move into the into the uh, specified purpose of god ready at that point secondly (coughs) dealing with the fear hearing and listening to what god says recognizing that we have that word of god that nudge of the holy spirit that commitment to follow the cloud that ability to overcome and that calling of god to be in this generation what he wants us to do so having come to that point we come to this place of um, from the time of john the baptist until now the kingdom has advanced by force and forceful men advanced the kingdom so this speaks about action not just not just belief, but actually doing something. So let's look again at the issue of action. And we're still looking at this uh, story of Gideon. See, after he'd had this conversation, um, it goes. it's quite interesting. Um, let me just kind of paraphrase it. Uh, Go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? Um, and then he says... Okay, if I've now found favor, this is Gideon speaking, favor in your eyes, please give me a sign. And it's interesting that the first thing, the first thing is sacrifice. He wants to give something. Now, all right, there's a sacrifice of getting out of the pit and deciding to receive the word of the Lord. But if you like, the first step, kind of making a sacrifice, that, that, was, that wasn't too difficult. And he was using it as a sign anyway. So he had his own kind of purpose in it. But it was good. It, it was, a, it was a, a sacrifice. It was a, a sign, a confirmation. But the second thing that he had to do, the second step was to deal with something that he was very accustomed to. He'd grown up in his father's house. His father had an idol. And the second step kind of went beyond the first step. But the first step was to make the sacrifice and and God was using it to confirm his his word and his way. The next step is, I want you to destroy your father's idol to Baal. Now, he scared witless. I mean, it's just not... He's the youngest, he's the weakest, and he's now got to deal with something or break a tradition or move out of an accepted norm or engage in something which really wasn't comfortable. You could say he had to step out of his comfort zone. Because what would people think? He's in rebellion or he's gone off his head. He had to do something. So, first of all, sort of not too bad, the sacrifice and God confirms. And, and, uh, but then you've got to go and do something. It's like there's a second step. But you see, the second step led to the third step. And the third step was the fulfillment of the purpose of God, the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. It was one, it was two, it was three. You don't take the first step, you never get to the third. And we were hearing this morning what Millie was saying. Instead of holding back, she took that first step. And then a whole load of things just kind of began to come into place as she moved forward in that. I think it's interesting in the timing of God, the things that we hear, the stories that we hear as we share together and bring things and, and hear what God's doing. It's all part of God's word to us. <clears throat> so Gideon, <coughs> sacrifice, father's idol. I mean, that didn't work out too good for him because he steps out on that. And everybody turns against him, they want to come and kill him, and Daddy has to come and rescue him, uh, but it 's all part of the plan of god didn 't kind of look he didn 't look cool; he looked fairly harassed at that point, but then, as later on he goes and deals with the very thing that God has said um, and of course it 's not in the Bible, but he boldly goes where no man has gone before so do you know sometimes you think some of these things should be in the Bible? But we're not allowed to do that, so we just have to. You know. Some of those Shakespearean quotes, I'm sure they should be in the Bible. But, uh. see, <laughs> actually, actually, it's very important to understand. For example, we are now where we are. And for many of you, you're not aware of this, but um, we had to come out of something that everybody thought was natural and the norm in terms of the more traditional church thing. Everybody was classing us as rebels. Um, We got into lots and lots of trouble Assemblies of God published against us in their, in their magazine, their national magazine. Um, just coming back, who was I talking to from the Caribbean? Uh, we were banned from the Caribbean by the religious. Of course, that doesn't affect God because he's not religious. But, you know, what I want us to understand, guys, is that yeah, there were some, some costly things. You know, we come into the meeting and uh, we express our love to God. We raise our hands. Well, there was a time when that was the, the weirdest, strangest thing to do. Now it's, it, it's just what we do. See, I want us to understand that we're built on a foundation of actually following God and stepping out. Uh, in that level of some degree of boldness. It's not quite facing the Midianites, although there were times when it sort of felt like it. And then we had to stand. Even after establishing, being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, we had to make a stand for righteousness. And then we were discarded, cast aside, by the very people that we were joined to and decided that we were in rebellion. Okay, they later rescinded that and accepted that we were making a stand for righteousness, but for a period of time, and it was having established that there was no longer a basis for existence because the very foundation, you know, you saw the picture of that bridge. You take the foundation away and the thing collapses. And so we genuinely thought, Um, in those early days, back in the early 80s, that we would cease to exist. But God had said something different. God had ordained something different. And we had to do what God wanted. It would have been easier not to, but we had to make that stand. And I believe that in our day, there will be alternative ways of still following those same principles of risk, of faith, of stepping out boldly, of doing that which God wants, even when it doesn't look to be totally acceptable. I'm glad to say that God goes with us. Just jump down for a moment and feast on this verse, 34. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Guys, this is not about stepping out without him. This is about the Spirit of the Lord coming upon us, the Spirit of the Lord taking us where he wants us to go. When you go, when you went to meet those people on Friday, you didn't know what you were going to meet, but the Spirit of the Lord had directed you. Now, as it happens you walked into a situation where you probably had more light than the people who were supposed to be writing they probably didn't have a clue that wouldn't be the first time that wouldn't be the first time my mind just goes back to uh, Avril and Lisa writing the whole um, I don't know what you would call it thing for children centres because the borough under, under a national directive in those times was raising and needed to have children centres, the borough didn't know but they got together and wrote that so we, we have to see what is, what is right now in our time in our generation very very key alright I love what Jim Elliot, that uh, martyr, uh, that, um, that that guy from Ecuador, is. People killed. You know that. He smiles. <laughs> he is no fool who gives what he cannot lose who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. That's another thing. It's kind of in the Bible. You know, the idea of giving that which we can't keep, but gaining something that we can't lose, the approval of God, the purpose of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, uh, to walk in his purpose, a thrilling and wonderful thing so the final thing exiting the comfort zone he had to tear down that wrong altar build a correct one that wasn't comfortable he suffered that reversal in fortune because everybody turned against him
1: I think we could Maybe, Jamie, have a little look at that. Okay, so um, thinking about exiting your comfort zone and what that might actually feel like. Um, we often use the term. Um, sometimes it's useful to have a feeling associated with it. So this is something that I've talked with the young people about before. <clears throat> Imagine you're this, this guy here and you just stepped out right onto the ledge and you're looking down at potential disaster. Your general feeling at this point is, let, let me keep us close to the point of safety. So you don't tend to kind of balance a foot over the edge. You're right back towards, uh, towards the building. Um, imagine you've got a handle nearby. You're going to be hanging on to this pretty good the whole time. As soon as your foot begins to, to slip on the edge, you grab onto the handle really tight because this is your safety. This is what you're trusting in that's going to keep you from the edge. Now for each of us, the handle looks slightly different. So as people have been talking about their adventure, they've had different things that they've, they've had to overcome. So uh, Tia was telling us last time that her handle, when someone is in the, in the wild, out in the world that starts trying to talk to you, is to keep your head down, don't interact with them. So something's unsafe, something's different, a stranger is talking to me, keep my head down. That's my handle. It might be different for, for others. It might be when I, when I feel low and I feel negative about myself, I need someone to encourage me. Let me just say, oh, I, I'm so terrible. And then someone says, oh, you're not terrible, great, okay, I felt unsafe, now I feel safe, I've got my handle. Because I'm on the edge, I feel vulnerable. It could be, you know what, I, I need a warm body to hold, I need a girlfriend or a boyfriend, then I'm safe, then I feel comfortable. It could be, you're a planner, suddenly you're out on a ledge, you don't know what's going to happen next, I must make some plans. I've got it. I've got my handle. I felt vulnerable. I'm relying now on what I always do to plan and sort myself out. That's fine. It could be that you're a person that, when you find yourself having an opportunity like Anthony, like oh, I'm I'm not sure if I'm prepared for this. Let me just let me just back away. Let the other people that normally do it. Okay, that's my handle. That's what I normally do. Now if we're going to be exiting our comfort zone, not only does it mean that we go out on the ledge, but we choose to put down our handle. So if we were to illustrate the feeling of this, Nathan and Richard, could I borrow you? So either side of me. So if I'm up on the ledge, If I'm up on the ledge like this and I'm grabbing the handle, yes, please. Yes, if you would also, yes. They weren't meant to know that, no, but you just looked so blank. I didn't want to, I didn't want to rely on you kind of predicting where we were going with this. So I'm on the edge. Not only am I feeling vulnerable, but I, the exit in the comfort zone is choosing to let go of the handle. So one would choose to say, I'm not going to do the things that I always do in this situation. I'm not going to rely on that. I've got to rely on God's ability to catch me. And so the feeling is somewhat like this.
0: Boy, the risk there was using Nathan. Okay. See, that adventure can be in everyday life. Somebody already mentioned it. It can be in our work situation, can be in a serving situation, can be bringing up kids, or it can be in something unusual and exceptional. So not everybody is suddenly going to be told to go and drive on Iraqi roads. But we don't have to do that, but we have to hear God and respond to what he's saying. And if we're doing that, and I'll I'll help you with this in a second, but if we're doing that, then the whole of life, can be open to God's intervention for a specific event, a diversion in the purpose of God. So, here's what we conclude. And then we finish. Just bear with me a moment. Just bear with me a moment. We're just sorting out about the kids, so... Okay, quickly listen to this and then we've got to sort out with the kids. One, you pray for boldness. Two, you're prepared to open up to the possibility this could be God. Okay? Three, you say, God, what would you have with this day see folks we're looking at what we looked at today there was a safer way or a better way a safer way or a better way we're talking about the better way we're talking about God's way pray for boldness accept the sense this could be God And ask the question, Lord, what would you have with this day? This is your day. You made it. And we rejoice in it. Lord, what would you have with this day? You want to do that? You're up for that? Okay, let's stand together. Lord, we ask you that you would grant us that Holy Ghost boldness. To hear your voice. To hear your word above all other sounds. Lord, that you would set us in that place on the edge. That ready, when it goes green, (coughs) to go for it. Lord, will you cause us to live, please, with a heightened, this could be God. And a readiness to respond. And Lord, will you help us, please, to have each day on the basis of, Lord, what would you have with this day Lord our commitment is the better way rather than the safer way but Lord as we corporately as we individually embrace your word of spirit of adventure Lord we look to you not only for the opportunities but for the empowerment the accompanying of your Holy Spirit that nudge which causes us to move that readiness which prepares our hearts And that openness to say, Lord, this could be you. What would you have this day? Amen.